0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. What a whirlwind the last month of 2023 was. I hope that you all survived the last month of the year and are leaning into this new year. So happy 2024 to you all. As many of you know, 2023 was a bit of a tumultuous year at my household. Waylon's near-death experience, Spicy had a seizure, my husband had some medical stuff. So I'm feeling really good about the new Year. I'm ready. I'm ready for it to, to be a new year with hopefully zero medical emergencies this year. So if you're listening to this podcast today on Friday, January 11th, this is the last day to enroll in Reactive Redefined. So if you have been on the fence about it and you're like, I just don't know, I want to invite you just to come because I think you're going to be really delighted with the whole experience. And I can promise you that if you put in the time and energy, you're going to see huge improvements in your dog's behavior. So, I'm really excited. So, in February, I'm going to do a webinar all about dog communication, how dogs play with other dogs, communicate certain things to other dogs. So, keep an eye out for that. That's something that I feel like has been a culmination of so many of my Instagram reels. And I'm just going to put it all together and I'm just going to do a webinar. But uh, if you haven't already joined the free body language mini course, do that because I am going to send emails about the webinar to those of you who have have watched the body language course. So that's what's going on here at a good feeling dog training in Colorado. We're doing really well. Thankfully, after all of the medical emergencies both Spicy and Waylon are very happy and healthy, right? So I'm very grateful for that and we have been doing our thing. We're out there, we're hiking even though it's cold, it's so cold, but we're doing it. We're hiking anyway. So Everyone, in today's episode, I want to talk about some leash stuff. So I titled this episode, Leash Communication, For a couple of reasons. So I want to start by talking about some common things that I see over on the social media that get called communication that I think are actually corrections and kind of cruel. And then I I want to bridge into talking about some of the leash communications that I use and teach and train to not only my own dogs, but my clients that I think can be really, really useful for you. So something that is guised as leash communication oftentimes is dogs on prong collars right just saying that like okay the prong collar is just a communication we're just using the leash to communicate to the dog what we want and while I think on the surface right that's maybe true what we're negating there is that we're not communicating if we're only telling the dog that they can only do what we want right like communication goes two ways it's more of a correction if the dog has no other choice, right? And while if you use a prong collar with your dog, no judgment, right? But I do not use them and I don't use them in any of my client sessions. And the reason being is that prong collars work because the dog is actively avoiding the pain and discomfort that they cause. And to me, that's not fair. Right, We don't need to do that. There are so many ways to teach really, really great leash skills without using those. And I will tell you that like it's been winter and thinking about putting a metal collar around my dog's neck in like the cold temps, that seems especially cruel also, right? So I think that there are a lot of fair leash communications that we can give to our dogs that do not fall in the correction department. But I just want to be clear that, you know, while The trainer or whoever is promoting the prong collar and just saying that it's just a communication, while they might be really good marketers, it doesn't take away from the fact that that is a really unfair way to train a dog. And it could definitely be cruel, right? So... When we're talking about leash communications, I do think that there are certain things we can communicate to our dogs through leash pressure without yanking on the leash, without making it a correction, right? So when I'm communicating with a dog, I want to make sure that it's clear from their perspective what I want from them. And I don't think that yanking and doing cruel corrections on leash really falls within that category, right? So those of you who have listened to Disorderly Dogs for a while, the themes that I'm going to talk about today, you probably have heard before, but my hope is that I can help you see them in a new way. So I think that so often, and I'm really guilty of this too, so often society, a lot of my clients are in a rush to like get off leash skills, right? Like, okay, well, can we get the dog to do it off leash? And I think a lot of that is because let's be honest, it can be way easier on the human end if you don't have to be attached to the leash. But I think the cold hard truth here is that those of us who live in cities, those of us who live in densely populated areas, our dogs have to be on leash. Okay. Like we can't avoid it. They have to learn how to tolerate being on leash. They have to learn how to walk to whatever standard you want on leash. And this is something that I definitely feel like in Waylon's adolescence, I was in such a hurry to get off leash skills that I didn't spend a lot of time on on leash skills. And that kind of turned around and bit me in the butt. But Spicy, on the other hand, we've worked on a very even balance of on-leash skills and off-leash skills, and she's really kind of a delight to walk on leash. So I wanted to share some of the leash communication skills that I teach and how I use them. But before I jump into those, I want to caveat that I do my best in all of my training to proactively teach skills so that I do not have to rely on on the leash to communicate to the dog what I want. Right. So I really try and teach skills instead of using leash tension, instead of using, you know, pulling the dog by the leash. I really try and teach skills that I don't have to rely on that so much. And if you all are on Instagram, you saw probably that I did a live with Erica and well, Bear was there and her dog is Bear, right? And one of the questions was about, was do the skills that we teach in our program generalize to off-leash? Which I think is a really, really good question, right? And the answer I gave was yes, of course, yes, because so much of the proactive training we do is not contingent on leash tension, Right, and I think that that's something that we all have to remind ourselves is that if we are using leash tension in our early phases of training and we don't want to use that later on, we're probably doing ourselves a disservice, right? And one of those things is definitely recalls. So early on in my career, I taught a bunch of recall group classes, in-person group classes, and a mistake that I saw a lot of people make, which obviously I tried to help them avoid, was Saying the dog's name and saying come and then pulling on the leash, right? And then the dog would show up and they'd get reinforced. And while the dog was still showing up and I still want them to get reinforced, a conversation I had with several clients was like, listen, if you want this to work with no leash, You have to stop using the leash tension because that starts to become a contingency in the behavior, right? There's this behavior sequence of you say the dog's name, you say come, there's that leash tension. And then all of a sudden we have leash tension as the recall cue, which is not going to generalize well to off leash, right? Because then there's not going to be that leash tension there. And I think that that's something we all have to be cautious of. When we're looking at, you know, leash training, leash communication and things of that nature is that if we are using or reliant on tension in the leash or pulling, choking up on the leash or, or pulling back on the dog, that starts to become a contingency in the behaviors we want to see. And if that leash isn't there, then that contingency isn't there. And it's very unlikely that the behavior is going to hold up the way we want it to. Right. So when I am teaching new skills, right, that we're using on leash, I really do my best in those early stages to not rely on leash tension to get to those outcomes. So I want to give you a specific example here. So A behavior that I teach, and I think that everyone should teach their dog, is to walk at your side on cue. And something that I was really, really cautious about in Spicy's early days is when I asked her to do that, I wasn't pulling on her. I wasn't pulling her back. I wasn't choking up on the leash, right? In fact, I was giving her a lot of leash to make sure that leash was loose and really working hard to say her name, ask her to walk with me, keep a high rate of reinforcement for her being there, all with zero leash tension. Right? And the reason being is twofold. One, I don't want to have to pull her to get her to walk at my side. Additionally, this is a behavior that I want to work really, really well off leash as well. Right? And that's something that I think that a lot of us get wrong so to speak right is that we're like okay well we're going to tench up on the leash and do all this leash tension and then we forget that that's becoming a contingency right of the behavior and I know that a lot of you have dogs who have big feelings right hashtag big feelings club and I definitely find that a dog who's already having big feelings and we're adding leash tension in it's not going to make it better so that's why we really want to teach and train that behavior without leash tension Right. So I think that it's really important that from a proactive standpoint, we're working on teaching a lot of these behaviors without leash tension as a contingency, right? So can your dog perform the tasks you want them to perform on leash? without using the leash to get them to do it, right? So I really, I do my best to be as proactive as I possibly can with my own dogs when I'm coaching my clients, right? Is that we really want to teach and get response of all these behaviors without having to use the leash, right? Because ultimately that's going to be easier for both the guardian and the dog, and ultimately that's going to generalize to off-leash if that is your goal a lot better, okay, but a big fat giant butt. Many of you have dogs like Waylon who are just, they have a harder time being on leash. They have a harder time walking on leash, right? And there's oftentimes a lot of leash tension. So I want to be clear that those of you who are listening, you're like, cool, all that proactive stuff sounds fine, except for like, I'm attached to this dog and they're constantly pulling. And what do I do? Right. I totally empathize. Right. Because Waylon is totally like that. Right. And he's totally the dog who like hits the end of the leash and he's like, sweet. I love pulling. This is amazing. And while sometimes I want him to do that, a lot of times I don't want him to do that. Right. So that kind of brings, brings us to some of the leash communication skills that I do teach, right? So one of those skills is yielding to leash pressure, right? And this is a skill that if you are not consistent with, your dog will not be consistent with. And this is coming from personal experience because Waylon is not always consistent about, well, wasn't always consistent about yielding to leash pressure. I will be honest. He is seven. He literally turned seven this week. So happy birthday to Waylon. He's so much better now. He's so much better now. But he was atrocious for a really, really long time, right? So one skill I definitely want you to consider teaching is yielding to to leash pressure. And a really easy way to do that is the dog gets to the end of the leash. They're pulling. You stop. You prompt them. Hey, hello. How are you doing? And they come back to you and they yield to that leash pressure and then alleviate that leash pressure. And you can mark and reinforce for that right? So that's a way that you can do it. I will say that that becomes tedious if your dog is a uh, grade A polar, right? Because they're going to yield to that leash tension and then get reinforced and then probably go back to the end of the leash, right? So this is just one piece of the puzzle here. But I really think that teaching your dog to le- to yield to the leash pressure is a really, really valuable leash communication, right? And helping them understand that like, You being at the end of the leash and that tension isn't going to yield to you going further, right? I will also caveat here that if your dog is panicked, terrified, anxious, worried, overly fearful... This is not something that I want you to do right away because we have to address all of those emotions first, right? Because if the dog is panicked and they're trying to get away from something, there's not going to be learning happening, right? Because they're like in flight response. They're like, get me out of here as quickly as I can. So what I'm describing here and teaching your dog to yield to leash tension, this is meant for dogs who are not overly stressed, panicked, anxious, or fearful, right? Just to be clear on that. So um, leash communication skill number one, teach the dog to yield to leash pressure, right and this is really really a useful skill because it alleviates a lot of my frustration because if Waylon hits the end of the leash and I stop he's like oh right 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 okay I'm supposed to not do that okay here I am I'm paying attention to you really really good boy and then I followed up right with this lovely behavior sequence of he yields to that leash tension and then I cue him to walk with me and that's giving me the duration of the loose leash that I'm really really looking for right so teaching your dog to, dog to yield to leash tension is one that can definitely be tedious and you have to be really really consistent with it but once you kind of get over that hurdle of like it feeling torturous it it's a really really useful leash communication right and something that i think additionally happens inside that sequence is we help the dogs to learn to to literally and figuratively slow down right like We don't have to run. We don't have to be in such a hurry here, right? Like take it down a couple notches. It's okay, right? And I will say too that yielding to the leash tension has also become a cue for Waylon to shake off, which helps him self-regulate and helps him walk a lot nicer on leash, right? So that's definitely one way that I teach leash communication, right? Is like, okay, you hit the end of the leash. I need you to come back to me. So I want to talk about some other leash communications that I definitely use and I teach that I think are kind of controversial, and that's fine, right? You don't have to agree with everything that I do. Um, But there are a few other ways that I use leash communication, and I think that it's it's dog-dependent, but we'll get to that. So I do use pulling the leash, right? So like, for example... Waylon gets the end of the leash and he doesn't yield to the leash tension, but we're still moving and I don't actually want to stop, right? For whatever reason, sometimes we're passing other people on the trail. Sometimes I'm trying to get away from wildlife. Sometimes I'm trying to get them away from things that they're eating, right? Is that I do use a double pull on the leash to further communicate that I want him to slow down without me physically stopping. Okay, so I do want to caveat that if your dog is fearful, anxious, this might not be good for them, right? Because this might actually scare them more and not lead to the desired outcome. I have the luxury of Waylon basically has zero fear. (laughs) He has pretty much zero anxiety. And this is something that I can get away with doing. I will also caveat that this is something that I use a harness for. I really am not a fan of doing pressure or pulling on the dog's collar, right? And when my dogs walk on a collar and they're pulling and I don't want them to, I really do a lot of just stopping and asking them to yield to the leash tension, right? But there are definitely situations we are in where I don't want to freaking stop again. I'm just like, oh my God, I don't want to stop. And sometimes I know that Waylon doesn't want to stop either. So stopping is just going to lead to more frustration, right? And a specific example of this is definitely winter hiking, right? When we're out in the winter and we're hiking, a lot of times Waylon's cold. And I do think that that contributes to some of his pulling, right? And what I am realizing is that when he's cold like that, I can use my double pull on the leash and that leash. To him alleviating some of that leash tension, but we don't even have to stop. Right? I will say that this is paired with a verbal cue, right? I ask him to slow down. If he doesn't slow down, then I follow up with the double tug at the leash. Right? And this is something that I know a lot of trainers are probably like, oh my god, that's terrible. You shouldn't do that. And that's fine. You're you're allowed to think what you think. But This is something that has been really helpful for alleviating some of the intense pulling as a way for me to communicate with Waylon. It's pretty fair, right? And while I am, so to speak, tugging at the leash, right? Like I'm I'm doing a double pull at that leash. It's on his harness, right? It's not like really hurting him. He's understanding the message. And then that way I don't have to stop. Right. And this is something that I just, I wanted, I wanted to do this episode because I think that there's just, there's so much of this nuance, right? And the things we, we internalize and the things we read about dog training, right? Like never use the leash, never tug on the leash, never pull at the dog's leash. And like, Yes, in a perfect world, that's amazing. And I think that there are so many dogs that we can do that and it works great. But I think that there's the other side of the world. Those of us who have dogs like Waylon who are like crazy and they want to pull and just go and being on leash is hard. And this has made getting him to walk nicer on leash easier for me and easier for him ultimately. Right. So I do think that teaching a slow down cue through leash pressure is totally useful, right? Like I use it a lot, right? And it's one of those that like, okay, he's at the end of the leash. I really want him to slow down. I give him the benefit of the doubt and I cue my slow down cue first. I'm like, Hey dude, slow down. Slow down means just alleviate the leash tension, right? Like I just want you to stop pulling so much. Just like alleviate that leash tension. And if we keep going and that doesn't happen, that is often where I'll do like the double pull and he's like, Ugh, fine. And what I like about that is that he doesn't have to look at me. He doesn't have to stop what he's doing. All he has to do is just alleviate a little bit of that leash tension and we can just keep going together, right? And from where I sit, that's a communication, right? That's not a correction. I'm not correcting him per se. I'm just communicating like, bro, I need you to slow down just a little bit, right? So I do think that it is important to Consider who your individual dog is, what you want from them, what your life is like, right? Maybe your life isn't like mine. Maybe you don't hike. Maybe it's, you don't do that much stuff in the cold. And maybe you don't need this, right? But I know that a lot of you listening have similar lives and similar dogs. And, and that's why I wanted just to be really honest about some of the leash communications that I definitely use that maybe are not the cookie cutter, like force free training things that you might think right? So to recap, in leash communications, I definitely think first and foremost, we got to teach the dog to yield to leash pressure. They have to understand that first and foremost. But secondly, I do think that you can teach a communication that means slow down. Mine is just a double tug at that leash. And I'm like, yo, stop pulling like a sled dog, right? And this is something that's really, really effective, right? And I am communicating to him when I need. And I think the third leash communication that I think that is really it's really important and really useful is definitely just choking up on the leash and helping the dog understand what that means right and many of you who have worked with me one-on-one you've probably heard me talk about this but those of you who haven't worked with us I think this is a really important point to make right is that while generally speaking I love to give my dogs the length of the leash right however long it is you can have the length sniff do your thing live your life that's great But my dogs are not always capable of making the decisions I want them to make when I give them the length of the leash, okay? And a lot of times, right, I'm physically capable. I'm strong. I know what to anticipate. I can do that. But especially when I'm out hiking this time of year, right? It's snowy and icy. And I can't always just allow the dogs to have the full length of the leash because that could end up in me like biffing it and I don't want to get hurt, right? I fall a lot, okay? But I don't want to get majorly hurt. And what, sometimes what I have to do is I just have to remove the freedom that they have and help them understand, like, sorry, this is not like sniffing you get to do what you want. I need you just to walk with me. Right. And that, that communication is I'm literally just giving them less leash and expecting them to realize, right, that I'm holding the leash. You've got two feet of leash. This is all the leash you can work with right? And if you want to sniff and not pull, you can do that. But generally speaking, I need you just to walk with me. And that is another communication, right? Another communication to the dogs that like, hey, it's not about following your nose right now, right? It's not really about doing what you want to do. I need you to do what I need you to do right now. And this is something that I think that a lot of people struggle with, right, because they're like, well, isn't that cruel to, like, not let them do what they want? But it's like, when I look at my dog's lives, these dogs live better lives than any dog could ever hope to live, right? Like, my husband and I were joking the other day, like, Spicy's literally never had a bad day in her life. The most adversity she has ever faced in her life is not being able to snuggle up next to me on the couch, because Waylon is where she wants to be. Like, that's literally the most adversity she's faced. And I have to remind myself in some of those moments, right, that like, I bend over backwards to make sure that my dog's needs are met. They get to run off leash, they get to sniff, they get to do, leave a million mails and, and, you know, do all of the dog stuff they want to do. But there are inevitably times where I can't let them do that. And I just need to tell them, sorry, tough luck, need you to walk with me, the end of the story and i think that this is a leash communication that is often kind of glossed over in an attempt to make sure that their dogs or needs are constantly being met so i just want to empower you right to know that like we can communicate with the leash without being a jerk Right? Without being a bully. And I think that there are a lot of effective ways to use the leash as communication to get to desired outcomes for both you and your dog. Right? And I will say, right? That like sometimes when my dogs are just like, they're all over the place, and I'm like, all right, y'all, like I need to just give you less leash and I need to communicate that I need you just to like kind of keep that nose up and walk with me. Both my dogs are super receptive to that. Even Waylon, which seems really counterintuitive. You think he wouldn't be receptive to that, right? So I do think that there are certain circumstances where we need to communicate with the leash by giving them less leash and helping them understand, right, that with less leash, the rules are a little bit different. And I would really like you if you got two feet of leash, just to stick with me, just walk with me here, right? And ultimately, everything that I do is based in teamwork, right? Based in this wonderful balance of the dog's needs are being met, my needs are being met, we're all staying safe, we're all having a good time. But I think that there are just too many trainers out there who use horrible, harsh leash corrections, especially on aversive tools, right? And they're like, oh no, I'm just communicating with the dog. And I just want to be clear that I want to call it what it is, right? If people are being bullies and being abusive and coercive and just using unfair corrections on leash, that's not communication, right? Like that's just being a total dick and we don't have to do that. But I definitely think that there are loads of ways that we can communicate through the leash that the dog can understand, that are fair, that are leading to really, really lovely outcomes. All right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, do me a favor, take a screenshot, tag me over on the Instagram. I also just wanted to take a quick minute to thank all of the wonderful humans who have made a contribution to Disorderly Dogs. I see you. I so appreciate you. If you have been a long time listener and you have the financial means, I want to encourage you to become a contributor to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I love making this podcast and I will never stop making it for free. But if you can make a financial contribution, that makes it a lot easier for me to go forward. All right, everyone have a beautiful weekend. Smooch those puppies for me. And I am already looking forward to the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.